Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Garland whipped it out front. Sexton, three ball. Good! Colin Sexton off another assist from Darius Garland. And now he's just one shy of his career, high of 12. Making plays. Garland, left of the circle, left of the lane, hits the brakes, up, under, scoop, scored! Trickster. Allen with a block shot at the other end! Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Great to have you with us, and boy, do we have a special show lined up for tonight. Of course, Jim Jones and I will talk a little Cavalier basketball, but Jim, uh, once again, you've opened up that black book, and you talk about an incredible guest tonight, not only one of the NBA all-time legends, but a true Buckeye, as it will be Jerry Lucas, one of the greatest high school basketball players to ever take the hardwood in the Buckeye State from Middletown, Ohio, but one of the greatest Buckeyes at Ohio State, as a true Buckeye for the Ohio State Buckeyes back in the early 60s. What a guest to have lined up. I am really looking forward to hearing from Jerry Lucas. Well, the thing about Jerry is that by most estimations, you know, each uh, I was, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I was voted to the Basketball Hall of Fame, and so was my daughter, one of my daughters. And, uh, and I oftentimes ask, I, you know, who's the greatest player to ever play in the Hall of Fame or in Ohio? And they all, just like, just like their chorus line, Jerry Lucas, no question about it. Jerry Lucas is the greatest high school basketball player to ever play in Ohio. Middletown, Ohio, and we'll talk about this with Jerry, but they had a 76-game winning streak. (laughs) 76 games when Jerry was at Middletown. Three years of varsity basketball for Jerry Lucas. Two state titles, and the other year, yeah, they were state runner-up. They lost in that state championship game. I mean, that is a mark that I don't know will ever be duplicated here in the Buckeyes state. No, no, it's just... uh... And uh, I think our fans are going to be amazed at, uh, at the, the enthusiasm that he has for his latest project. Yes, because not only is Jerry known for his work uh, on the floor, which is legendary, but, boy, he has done some things in the educational field and, and in the world of memorization. This is something that I'm really looking forward to talking to Jerry about. So Jerry Lucas will be in the Legends chair. And, of course, Jim, uh, for the Cavaliers, they're going to be opening up a five-game West Coast road swing tonight. Uh, They will be in Phoenix to take on the Suns. And, boy, unfortunately, uh, another piece of bad news for the Cavaliers on the injury front. It seems as though uh, this has just been happening throughout the year. And now Larry Nance is going to be gone uh, for perhaps five or six weeks uh, with a broken finger on the left hand. Uh, A real unfortunate injury for the Cavs forward. Yeah, and it's sad that it happened to him. He's having his best year, 
these are the most minutes he's ever played consistently. And the style of play that the Cavs play now, it's all based around his abilities, which is to pass and create plays for his teammates on the offensive side and on the defensive side, playing in the passing lanes and uh, getting deflections. He led the league in deflections and steals. I mean, this is this kid is just coming into his own, gaining more and more confidence every game, Tim, and now this happened. Well, ironically, we had Larry Nance Sr. on the uh, Cavs HQ show, and he talked about how Larry Nance Jr. is really blossoming. So, yes. boy, we wish him a speedy recovery. And for the Cavs on the floor, Jim, uh, one thing that J.B. Bickerstaff has been very astute at this year, and really he's been forced into doing it, juggling those lineups and juggling combinations, and, boy, he'll be forced to do that again. Yeah, especially on West Coast trips, because the two strongest fundamentals when you play on the road are, are uh, you, you have to defend and you have to have bench play. You have to have good, solid bench play. You've got to have two guys that can come off that bench and play like starters, and I think we have them in Jared Allen and, of course, uh, with Torrey and Prince. Uh, but also, you you need to win at least two positions on the floor. The loss of Nance makes that very difficult. All right, we're going to take a quick time out on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. When Jim and I come back, we'll talk a lot more about the Cavaliers as they embark on this West Coast swing. And we'll also take a look at where this team is right now as they get ready to journey west. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We're coming back for a lot more on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. Continuing along on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Glad you've joined us on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones on the other side of the window with the great trio that makes this happen, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, and Leo Simone. Jim, let's continue on as far as this Cavs team is concerned. One of the things that JB had talked about uh, the last couple of ball games against Milwaukee over the weekend, uh, the need to get a little bit better defensively, get back to where they were earlier in the year on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, what have you seen in that particular aspect of the Cavs game uh, defensively that JB is referring to? Well, I think it has more to do, Tim, with paying attention to detail because the effort is there. They do play hard. They're fearless. But they may be a second too late in the rotations. Uh, they may contest a shot, but they're maybe a split second getting there too late. Rather than put a body on someone, teams are getting second shot opportunities, and it's happened to us quite a few times against some of the better teams. And the, and the good teams, you can't give them second shots. That's how they beat you. Well, you mentioned the good teams. To say that the Cavs have run the gauntlet lately as far as a top-notch competition would be an understatement. The Brooklyn Nets with their new trio per se, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, And we talk about games against those elite teams being measuring sticks, being barometers. Uh, from your playing days and certainly now in your radio announcing role, what are you looking for when you talk about barometer games, when you talk about matching up against elite teams in the NBA? 
Well, you know, I look at consistency of effort. You know, how you play on the offensive and defensive end, is it the same concentrated effort on both ends of the floor, on the offensive end, setting picks, uh, getting second shot opportunities, uh, uh, getting screens, making the right pass, taking the right shot, not forcing a shot. On the defensive side, it's getting strong into your rotation. When your bigs go to help, somebody replaces him in the paint. Are we blocking shots? Are we getting deflections? Are we altering shots? And are we contesting shots? All of those fundamentals, they could be a little sharper. And uh, the better competition you play, it reveals more of your weaknesses than your strengths. So they've got some work to do, and they'll get there. One of the things that really stands out to me is how positive JB has been throughout this process, recognizing the fact that this is still a very young basketball team. Uh, when you look at Sexton and Garland and Allen and Windler and right on down the line, you're talking about guys first year, second year, third year pros at the most. So he recognizes the fact that this is still a process and these guys are learning how to win. You're exactly right, Tim. He has set the foundation and the culture. There's 100% buy-in. These guys like each other, and they play for each other. Uh, and uh, you got to remember, they haven't had Kevin Love. Uh, they had tremendous amount of injuries, six and seven guys missing multiple games. And as you mentioned, they change the, the lineups very often, so that makes continuity awfully difficult. And the other thing is the Cavaliers are playing one of the top three toughest schedules in the NBA right now. They've only faced four teams with under 500 records, Minnesota, right. New York, Orlando, Detroit. They've played all of the big boys early. So the second half of the season after this trip, it won't be easier, but it'll give us a better barometer as to how much they've improved. So, Jim... When we go out on this trip, we being the Cavaliers, when the Cavs go out on this trip starting tonight in Phoenix, what is it that you'll be looking for, uh, working the games with me? What are what are you going to be looking for uh, as we watch these next five, six games here with, as you said, some tough competition? Yeah, consistency of effort, you know, on both ends of the floor, getting it done, working hard, uh, anticipating, uh, playing with courage. And the other thing is getting some help from our bench. Those two big guys, Wendler, it's a great. It's going to be a great experience for him to get out there and play on the road against some of these better teams, and also to get some uh, more concentrated effort, smarter play from our backcourt and guard play. Now that we know what teams are doing to them, Jim, we got about a minute left, but. Sure. Can going on the road almost bond a team together and us against the world type of mentality? Yeah, and especially now with protocols, they you know they're in their rooms. They're not going anywhere. All they're doing is playing video games, eating together, uh, and uh, you know, and seeing each other's face. And they need that. They need that come that uh, that kind of relationship when there's pressure, where you don't go to hero ball, you go to us ball. And you start working together even harder because that's what JB's instilling in. This is how you win. Paying attention to detail, executing on both ends of the floor, making your free throws, and giving teams one shot at the basket. Great point. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, a highly anticipated guest in the Legends Chair. We're going to talk to Jerry Lucas, NBA Hall of Famer and a great Buckeye, both 
<laughs> at Ohio State and Middletown. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and of course the other guys on the other side of the window, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone. Well, we have had some unbelievable guests that have settled into the Legends Chair throughout uh, the time on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. But tonight's guest, I think he deserves more than a Legends Chair. He gets the chair, he gets the ottoman, he gets the love seat, he gets the couch, because this guy has done it all. Jerry Lucas, one of the greatest basketball players to ever come out of the state of Ohio, and one of the NBA's all-time greats, now settles in to that legend's chair on Cavs HQ. You all know about Jerry Lucas, and if I rattled through all of his accomplishments, uh, we would fill up the rest of the time on Cavs HQ. But of course, from Middletown, Ohio, Ohio Player of the Year in high school basketball in 1957 and 58, led Middletown to two state championships, went on to Ohio State, College Player of the Year in 61 and 62. Of course, and NCAA champions in 1960, runners-up in 61 and 62. Then the 60 Olympics gold medal led the team in scoring 17 points per ball game in the Olympics. And then, of course, the marvelous NBA career, seven-time All-Star, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1979. And when the NBA put out their 50th anniversary all-time team, Jerry Lucas was a member. He played for three teams in his 11-year career, averaged 17 points, 15.6 rebounds per game. Jerry, I know I left a lot of stuff out, but man, what an unbelievable career, and it all started right here in the Buckeye State. We really appreciate you joining Cavs HQ. Well, I'm very happy to be with you, Tim and Jim. It's an honor. I, uh, Of course, I love the state of Ohio, where I was born, and I'm presently living in Ohio, so it's uh, the Buckeye State, and I'm proud to be here. Well... Of all the things that I alluded to, the high school, the Ohio State Buckeyes and those great teams and your career in the NBA, when you look back, what really stands out to you? What's the one thing that you really look back on most fondly? Well, being uh, with a group of players that were the best at their particular level, as a matter of fact, I, I was the first player in basketball history to win a state high school championship, a national collegiate championship, an Olympic gold medal and a world professional championship. And to be with a group that is the best at those particular levels and have the opportunity to share those experiences with those people is the thing that is the most memorable and the most important to me. Jerry, one of the things I wanted to talk about is I've seen you play my years at Marquette. I used to waddle down to the Milwaukee arena and watch you guys play and couple times I had a chance to, to, to look at you and you always pointed at me like you knew me and I don't think I said listen I go to Marquette I know he doesn't know who I am but uh <laughs> the thing I marvel at is that your style of play you are the the best rebounder I had ever seen up until that time you and Bill Russell I've never seen a guy so quick off his feet and uh, could rebound like like you rebound but when you develop that outside shot with the Knicks that's what these young kids are doing today. Talk a little bit about that. 
Well, I, you know, when I when I was traded to the Knicks, I was extremely happy for for many reasons. You know, they were a great team, great people, and uh, I became the first big guy, if you will. Even though I was six eight, I played center and backed up Willis Reed because he was hurt a lot, and I was the first real big guy to go out away from the That's basket right. and shoot to try to draw Wilt and. Jabbar and Russell and those guys away from the basket, and it was very effective for us. Of course, there was no three-point line then, so the I mean, you know, you still only got two points for even though the shot may have been lengthy and long, uh, but it was it was it, it was very effective for us. I know when we played the Lakers in 1973 in the World Championship, they had won 33 games in a row. And we started in Los Angeles, of course, because of their record. And we thoroughly beat them the first game. I mean, we were ahead by 40 points, I believe, at the end of the third quarter. And, and they really couldn't compete with us because Wilt didn't know what to do. And, you know, right. I, if he didn't come out, I'd make the shot. If he did, I'd go around him and pass it to Busher or, De, uh, uh, or Bradley and boom. And so I've never seen a team so good, so dumbfounded at that particular time. But unfortunately... The Busher got hurt at the end of the third quarter, and the the rest of the series we had, you know, we played Phil Jackson, and Phil was a very good defensive player. But I tell you what, and I room with him, but Phil couldn't throw the ball in the ocean from the beach. <laughs> so uh, Wilt really, they put Wilt on him, and he really didn't have to guard anybody, and consequently they beat us four in a row. But I'm convinced, had Dave not got hurt. They couldn't compete with us because of what we were doing. And it was unique. It was the first time it ever happened in the NBA. And as you as you noted earlier, today all the big guys go out there and shoot it, and it's just changed the game dramatically. Jerry, as Jim mentioned, though, as a big guy, you went out on the perimeter and shot, uh, you know, those medium-range, long-range shots, and yet your NBA field goal percentage was just under 50%, 49.9, uh, your career field goal percentage. Go back real early, though. Where did you learn to shoot like that? Just uh, from Middletown on up, you always shot the ball well. How did that happen? Well, as a boy, starting after my fourth grade year, I loved the game of basketball and decided I wanted to be as good as I possibly could be, and I began. And I, I practiced by myself for 12 to 15 hours every day, and I developed a philosophy of shooting, and, and, and it, I, came to, I developed the acronym of DAD, D-A-D, which was direction, arc, and distance. I, I realized at a very early age if I, if I could shoot the ball straight every time and get it up appropriately because a ball coming down at the basket has a lot more opportunity uh, to go in than one going flatter. And distance, of course, I, I, I always felt that the front of the rim was public enemy number one, and my goal was to always get it over public enemy number one. And a lot of players just do not start the ball with enough power from the beginning. They add it later in their shot, and so... That became a philosophy of mine, and I tried to shoot 5,000 shots every day as a boy. And you, you, you think of that, that's a lot of shooting on an hourly basis, and I did that, and I did all kinds of other drills too, rebounding drills and, and, and throwing the ball, you know, releasing the ball uh, when I would bounce it off of the backboard and throwing it to a barrel. And I did those kinds of things hour after hour after hour, year after year, 
and it and as a result, I developed into an excellent shooter. And the most important thing to be was the rebounding part of my game, and I believe that's how I could help my team more than anything else. And that became a goal of mine to be a great rebounder as well. And it ended up that Will Chamberlain and I are the only two players in the history of the NBA who averaged over 20 points and over 20 rebounds a game for an entire season more than once. And that was my primary purpose as a teammate was to get the ball and let us get down floor. And I always shot the ball well. In, in college, I shot, I led the nation in field goal percentage for three years. And, and I led the NBA in field goal percentage sometimes too. And it all started in Middletown, Ohio. Uh, with all the effort that I put in as a young boy. Wow. we got to take a break. we got so much more to talk about with Jerry Lucas. By the way, that 2020 year came in his second year in the NBA. He was Rookie of the Year in 64 in year two, 21.5 points and 20 rebounds per game. Oh, so much more to talk about with Jerry Lucas. We're honored to have him on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We're coming right back, so stay with us on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. As the Cavs strive to be champions both on the court and in the community, we are proud to support local nonprofit organizations through our weekly 50-50 raffles presented by Oswald. This week's raffle will benefit the Cleveland Clinic in honor of heart health awareness. For complete 50-50 raffle details and to purchase your 50-50 raffle ticket, visit Cavs.com slash raffle. Thank you, Cavs fans, for being the diff in our community. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. continue our conversation with Jerry Lucas as he joins us in the Legends Chair on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. We've got so much to talk about with Jerry Lucas and we're honored to have him with us. Now Jerry, you closed out that first segment by saying it all started in Middletown, Ohio and just the illustrious career you had as a Middletown Midi. The Middletown Midi is now You've got a book out and a, and a website that talks about uh, the early years and a particular early game at Middletown. Tell our listeners about it. Middletown had a history of very, very successful basketball. Uh, um, the Middies had won five state championships before I got to high school, and we started an incredible era my, my sophomore year. We had a phenomenal team. I believe it was the best high school team in the history uh, of uh, Middletown, I mean, Ohio basketball. We eventually won 76 games in a row, which is still a record in, a, in, a, in the state of Ohio. Players went on from that team. Skeeter Wallace went on to be all-MAC three years, led the MAC in scoring. Uh, Bob Cole went to North Carolina State, where he averaged over 30 points a game as a freshman. But unfortunately, <laughs> as if you read that my new book, uh, Bob Cole wasn't, he said, I just wasn't thinking. And he did some things that <laughs> got him into trouble. And one of the things he did, he tried to burn down the dorm at North Carolina State and got kicked out of school. But <laughs> yeah, Ronnie cool. Dykes went on to play with Oscar Robertson at the University of Cincinnati. And Jay Bird, who was our point guard, which is a unique name, Jay Bird, had about 60 scholarship offers but went to work at Armco Steel. That's all he wanted to do. So it was a great team with great characters. 
I've written about them all in my new book entitled Midi Magic and Mind Magic, which is about that unique team. There were some hilarious things that happened. I believe it will become a movie, kind of like Hoosiers and Remember the Titans. It's that kind of a story with those kind of characters. And then the other part of the book is how I spent my lifetime revolutionizing the educational system in America. But it's, it's a great, unique story about a time period in Ohio that was different. You know, I was becoming a good basketball player, but nobody in the world knew about it. There were no cell phones. There was no communication. I didn't know what was happening in the next street in my town, much less what was happening around the world, as youngsters know today. So I'm particularly proud of, of uh, the story, and I know people will enjoy it and appreciate it very much. And as I said, hopefully it will become a movie. Jerry, you know, uh, one of the things, and I used to read sports magazines all the time, and they were talking about your great memory. And this was about in 1969. I just got out of high school and then uh, Marquette. And they were talking about, you know, you being a Phi Beta Kappa, exceptional. Because you and I know at that time, all athletes were thought as of being dummies, you know, that they weren't intelligent people. And one of the things that you said is that you used to count your rebounds, your assists, and you, after every game. And so I started counting my rebounds and my points in my head. And you know what it did, Jerry? It kept me in the game. And that leads us into your memory. Talk a little bit about that. Well, as a child, uh, I had an incredibly active mind. Unbelievable. And actually, I counted everything, everything I saw, uh, just to have something to do to keep my mind active. And one of the things I began to do very early was spell words alphabetically. And people have always asked me, why in the world did you do that? Well, it was something to do. Like the word cat, is spelled C-A-T, but alphabetically it's A-C-T. I rearrange the words and the letters in a word and put them back in order. I like television, E-E-I-L-S-T-V, a chandelier, A-C-D-E-E-H-I-L-N-R, ketchup, C-H-K-P-T-U. <laughs> it's totally useless, but it kept my mind busy and active. Yeah. And I was interested in learning, so incredibly interested in learning. And I, did, I, I understood a principle very early in my life that things that have a tangible identity can never be forgotten. If I say to you, for instance, please do not see a zebra in your mind, you have to see a zebra. It's out of our control. God has given us that remarkable gift. What about a giraffe or an elephant? They are automatically recreated in our minds and can never be forgotten. So I realized as a young boy, if there was some way for me to change the abstract and intangible information I'm being called upon as a learn as a student and give them identities, wow, learning would be incredibly easy. I started doing that in the fifth grade. I've done it every day of my life, and I have totally, in the process, revolutionized the educational process to make everything easy and fun to learn because everything has an identity. <clears throat> now, Jim, I sent you a picture today that it, that explains that with a state and a capital. I don't know if you have that picture that I texted to you, but I'll, I'll describe the picture and tell you why it's so easy to learn and unforgettable. It's a picture of an ark like Noah's ark that is personified. It has arms and legs. It's standing up. There is a can in front of the ark, and the ark is holding a saw. There's an ark, a can, and a saw. It's a way to picture the state of Arkansas. The can is being used as a holding place 
so the ark can saw a little rock in half. So as a result of seeing that picture and having it described to you, you can see an Arkansas in its capital, and I guarantee you, just like every time you think of a zebra, you see a zebra, after seeing that picture and having it described to you, every time you think of Arkansas in the picture, there is nothing you can do to stop that picture from appearing in your mind, and I have given identities to everything children need to learn. All of grammar and punctuation, I have even pictured every sound in the English language, which people would think is impossible. You can't see a sound, but you can. <clears throat> and I have explained all of that in my new book, Midi Magic and Mind Magic. It's a remarkable story. It started with me as a boy wanting to make learning easy, and I have done some remarkable things that people will be amazed about when they have, if they have an opportunity to read that book, Midi Magic and Mind Magic. And as a result, it made me a phenomenal student. I pictured everything I had to learn. <clears throat> it wasn't abstract ink on a page, but they were tangible pictures that when I thought about them would pop into my mind, and the pictures were the information that I needed to know made tangible. And I have worked my entire life developing that so it will change the educational system forever. Jerry, in, in doing some research on this, uh, I read where you actually had every one of your opponent's plays memorized. So you transferred this incredible skill <clears throat> to your basketball career. I did. Uh, matter of fact, when I played with the Knicks, it was the first time I got to play center, so I could see everything was happening from that position. And, and every time an opponent called out a play, I called out one of our plays that were identical to that play because we, the Knicks, I believe perhaps were the most intelligent basketball team in history. And uh, I would relate that information to my teammates uh, in one of our plays, and so we knew exactly what everybody was running every time they came down the floor. Now, the only time perhaps you may not know is when they came out of a timeout, but that was easy to figure out too because most teams ran the, ran the same play. As a matter of fact, Boston <clears throat> ran a team that John Havlicek from – my, my Ohio State teammate and roommate brought to the Celtics that they called Ohio, and I knew exactly what that was. So we yeah. knew most of, mostly what they were going to run coming out of uh, uh, timeouts as well, and it was obviously very helpful to our team. That had to make for some interesting banter with you and Havlicek. <laughs> well, yes, and Bill Bradley and I had a lot of fun too. You know, uh, I, I, I have a, a system of learning numbers called the consonant number system, and which, you know, I change consonants and give them a number value, and it's remarkable how easy it becomes to, to remember numbers. And I taught Bill a little bit about that, and we kind of talked some gibberish when we were playing. And it, it, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it. It confused some of our opponents. And matter of fact, Bill did the forward to this uh, new book of mine, Mini Magic and Mind Magic, and he, he mentions that in his forward. Well, Jerry, one of the things, you know, that I study is I understand that in our educational system, the fundamentals of it uh, for learning are based on association. Um, uh, not association, but a linear, a linear model. When you and I both know, just based on what you just said, it's through association we learn, right? Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> but the, people don't really know how those associations take place today. They, they are subconscious. Like, you may remember, you know, uh, that, the, you know, the capital of Ohio is Arkansas, but you don't really know how that happened. It just kind of 
over and over and over. And, and the problem in education day is just it's so boring. It's repetitive. It's no fun. And children do not like it. But what I've created is fun and exciting. And in my website, which I hope that this book that I've written will lead me to get the funds to create the website, is totally interactive, incredible characters. I've developed hundreds of characters. You know, uh, the, the, for, I, you know, I picture a pronoun, a noun, an adjective, etc., and other unique characters that make learning totally fun and, most importantly, unforgettable. You know, one of the things uh, uh, that uh, I like, I write and I listen to people all the time. And I remember they asked uh, uh, a great writer one time, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, but it escapes me. But it had to do with how human beings learn observation, experience, and imagination. Now, uh, is your style similar to what we call subject mapping, where you can visualize something and then it, and then just the recognition paints a picture of what it is and how to use it? Is Have you ever heard of subject mapping? No, I haven't heard of that, but my system is based totally on making intangibles tangible. You know, that, okay. We have hundreds of thousands of pictures registered in our mind that we don't know about. I could, okay. I could go on and I could talk for eight hours, and everything I would mention you would know because it has an identity, like a nail, a screw, a hammer, yes. you know, a bucket, a glass, I mean, a fork, a knife, a spoon, you know, them all. But if I mention a pronoun or a noun or, or, mm-hmm. or, or sounds in English or, or grammar and punctuation rules, Obviously, they don't come to mind because nobody has ever known how to make them tangible and give them identities. That's what my life has been all about. That's what I've done. And that's why what I've created is so incredibly revolutionary. And what it'll do for education is remarkable because children who have had so many problems learning to read, for instance, and understanding the sounds in our English language, and the English language is not an easy language, we'll never have that problem again. Because when my educational website is created, every sound in the English language is pictured tangibly. And if you, for instance, I tell you one of the most, one of the things that this is so frustrating for me is you go to a dictionary, and how the symbols they've used to... <clears throat> say how you should pronounce a particular sound are archaic. For instance, for the sound uh, which is used in so many words, an upside down backwards e is used to represent that particular sound in the English language. Now, what youngster is going to have any idea of what that means? So that's one of the many, many things I have changed. Grammar, punctuation, spelling, reading, writing, and on and on and on. It's all done. I've had artists draw all the pictures, but they're all in 2D today. Obviously, with today's technology, they need to be in the 3D, and that's why I need to raise the funds that I need to make this a viable opportunity that will change education forever. Boy, Jerry, I could have used you when I was in school. All right, we've got one more segment. I mean, I really could have used you. One more segment with one of the greatest of all times, and he's a Buckeye. Indeed. Jerry Luke is joining us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll talk more with this incredible, incredible guy that follows this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. We're continuing our conversation with Jerry Lucas. Boy, what a 
fascinating man and one of the greatest basketball players to ever lace them up from Middletown, Ohio, and then an Ohio State Buckeye and an illustrious Hall of Fame NBA career. Jerry, we've got about five minutes here, so I I don't want to give you I don't want to give you the opportunity for the long answer, but boy, one of the things I've read and I had heard about it before I read it was the memorization of a Manhattan phone book. Now, how in the world does that transpire? Well, I have systems that allow me to make all intangibles tangible. You know, I, I, I memorized 100 pages in the Manhattan phone book. When I became a Christian, I, man, I memorized the entire New Testament, believe it or not. And I used to demonstrate my memory abilities on television talk shows many times, Johnny Carson, Mike Douglas, Merv Griffin, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I would memorize a 100-page magazine and have Johnny test me or whoever, I, you know, the guest test me. Uh, I would meet four or 500 people in their studio audiences, have them all stand up and name all their names. And I've done that hundreds of times, and I've never missed a name. And the reason is I know how to do it. Not by repetition. I would have never been able to do those things with repetitions. But the uh, learning systems I created, the knowledge and ability, the know-how I have, to change intangibles to tangibles so they cannot be forgotten is how all that was done and how all that was applied. And that whole process is explained in, in the new book we were talking about before. And I, I would like to mention, if possible, people who might be interested in that and learn more about uh, uh, you know, that unique time in history when it was all developed and how I've revolutionized education. Uh, could, there's only one way to get the book, and that is to go to MIDI magic.com m-i-d-d-i-e magic.com i know i know you're going to put that on your website after the show is over but none of that would have been possible tim and jim without the systems that i had created to enable me to change intangibles to tangible there's an interesting story uh, uh about bobby fisher the great chess champion um when, we, when I was playing with the New York Knicks, a lot of actors and famous actors and actresses came to our games and were, were big fans of ours. And one night, a very famous actor, I won't mention his name, invited some of the Knicks and other people over to his apartment after one of the games, and Bobby Fischer was there. And Bill Bradley, who became Senator Bradley, was quite a needler, and he liked to needle people. And, and uh, Bobby Fischer was talking about what an incredible memory he had, and you have to have a phenomenal memory to play chess and remember possible moves, et cetera. And, Bob, and Bill, in his typical fashion, said, he said, Bobby, you know, there's a guy in the other room over there that has a much better memory than you do. He said, that's impossible. It can't be. <laughs> he said, he's memorized 100 pages in the Manhattan phone book. And uh, Bobby said, it's impossible. He couldn't do that. Let me go get him. So I came over. And uh, he said, yes. I said, yes, I have memorized 100 pages in the Manhattan phone book. I said, Robert, who was, whose who's, uh, apartment we were in, I said, give me a Manhattan phone book. And I told Bobby the 100 pages I had memorized. And I said, call out any name. I'll give you the phone number and the address. He said, you can't do that. I said, yes, I can. So I did six or eight of them of him for him. He flipped the book away. And I, unbeknownst to me, there was a reporter from the New York Times there and he was in the room and heard what was going on, and he talked to Bobby about it later, and, and Bobby called me a warlock. <laughs> so in the newspaper column the next day, I was listed as a warlock, and he thought that was the only way I could have such a memory. 
You know, you should have played him in chess. That would that would have been. <laughs> uh, I had never played chess, and I'm sure what the outcome of that would have been very quick. <laughs> Go well, ahead, Tim. Jerry. Well, we got to wrap this up. I just want to say this has been a true honor to have you on the show, and uh, boy, if we remember, maybe we'll ask you back. <laughs> well, I would love, I would love to, and, and I, I, I'm excited to let people know about the new book, Midi Magic and Mind Magic. And I know on your website, you're going to tell them, those who might be interested in how to get it, they can go there and learn about the book, too. They can read forwards by Jack Nicholas, Earl the Pearl Monroe, the Gatlin Brothers, and some other things. And, and I know they will appreciate the story and what has happened and find out how education will be changed forever. Oh, that's terrific. Well, thank you. Thank yep. you for your time. Jerry, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Jerry. I enjoyed it. Have a great evening, gentlemen. You too. Jerry Lucas, again, one of the greatest to ever come out of the state of Ohio. His unbelievable career at Middletown High School and Ohio State, and then an NBA Hall of Fame career. And you just heard the stories about his incredible educational and memorization skills. Unreal. All right, more to come. It's Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We're on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Jim, thanks to you. Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone, thanks to you guys. A huge thank you to Jerry Lucas. What a special guest he was in the Legends Chair. Don't forget Cavs basketball tonight along the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs in Phoenix to take on the Suns. Huntington tip-off show at 8.30, and they'll have the tip-off at 9 o'clock. So until then... So long, everybody. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. Welcome.